Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 9, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff on the docket today to discuss. So let's get rolling and check out what's jumping off the page, if anything, on the daily chart, and then we'll go on from there. There's a lot of things on my notes. The first thing I want to lead with is it's a contract roll. What does that mean? It means the futures contract roll from December expiration in the S&P to the March of 2022 expiration. Weird stuff happens around the roll. Whether or not today was weird or a combination of the last few days was weird remains a mystery. It doesn't really matter what we believe, whether we think it was weird or not. Each and every time the quarterly roll comes along, I specify and state that weird stuff happens around the roll. It's kind of like a flare up in the air. We have to be a little careful about the contract roll and what happens to the market around there. Not everything is always as it seems. Hence, yesterday's up day, today's down day, about the up day on the 7th. That brings me to the next point. Let's take a look at where we are in the chart and we'll give you both sides of the tape. That brings me to another sidebar. When I say give you both sides of the tape, what I'm not saying is the market could go up and it could go down. That's a given. Anything could happen by tomorrow morning. The point that we're making here in the video is I'm giving you areas that how do I identify if it's bullish? How do I identify if she's failing and it's bearish? What are the numbers that get above or below that make those two realities possible? That's different than you said it could go up or it could go down. That comes from, or those type of comments come from, the idiots and morons. Those are the folks that don't know what they don't know. They don't even realize that if they just sat back and listened for a while, they might actually learn something. All right, back to the bull and the bear case. What's the bull case? Well, they're in the bull case. At present. So as long as they stay up above all the moving averages on the daily chart, that's the bull case. Also, you have a breakup candle low here, 464.35. If they get below that, they'll be getting below the 20 period moving average and the door will open to fill the gap. Now, there's something else. Remember, yesterday we talked about a shenanigans tail candle on the SPY. Where did it go? It was on the 7th, it was this candle here and it went down to around the gap, maybe a few pennies below or above the gap, I don't remember, but it went down to around the gap. So we know that if she's in that no man's land, then she's gonna go down or at least the door is open to go down and fill the gap anyway. So we don't care about the tail candle or the phony tail candle or the shenanigans tail candle, whatever it is. What we do care about is having the awareness that for some reason, it showed up on the chart and if they begin getting below the low of the seventh, we know the door opens for the gap. It's not going to be easy to trade all the time, but that's the point. That's what would be happening. If they stay above the low from the seventh, the low is 464.35, they test it, they spike it, but they never close a day below that low, then it's a bullish, flaggish pattern in the making above the 20 period moving average. So that's how you know if the bull case is developing and if they have a few days more above this 20 period moving average and they run some tests of that low and they never go down and fill the gap and they stay above here, never closing below the low of the seventh, then the evidence begins to build 
that they're going to make a run for the all-time highs and possibly higher. That's the bull case. Gabish, here's the 240-minute chart. We kind of talked about this last night, and they're starting to come back down, run a test of the 50-period moving average, and oh, by the way, just so happens to coincide with the neighborhood of the breakup candle low. They're going to have, under normal garden variety conditions, a bull bear battle around that level. Now, what happens if they gap below that level? It immediately becomes overhead resistance. So let's say the market opens up below that price. Again, the price is 464.35. Tomorrow morning, Friday morning, the market opens up. Maybe they have some kind of economic data. Maybe the market goes down early in the morning. Either way, they get below that price and immediately the door opens for the gap. Not to say they're going to immediately go fill the gap, but the door opens and that price now becomes overhead resistance. No change on the 120-minute chart. Here you have the 100-period moving average also coinciding with that level. Again, unless they're gapping below that stuff, it should be garden variety of chart support because each chart you look at, there's reasons, more than one, reasons why you're going to start seeing a bull bear battle if they trade into it normally. Gapping below it, different type of thing. I want to bring something else up that's a little off topic, but it circles back to be the same topic. I was having a discussion this afternoon with a friend of mine. He's been in the business a long time. He's an Inside the Numbers member. He knows the business. We were having a discussion about a few popular money managers, one that's local here to where we live, another is on TV a lot, and we were discussing the fact that their funds were having very poor performance while the S&P and other indices were up. Now, I realize they don't all track the S&P, but here's the point. When you see that, and you see a lot of funds, not just one or two, this was just for conversation purposes, but it opened up my mind to think about the next thing I'm going to say, which is when you start to see a lot of mutual funds that have a lot of holdings across a lot of different things, not concentrated to the top holdings, like Google and Amazon and Apple and Netflix and that stuff. But they have other stuff. And other stuff has already been in a corrective phase slash bear market. Well, guess what? What you're seeing is under the covers in stealth formation is institutional distribution. It comes in a lot of different formats. There's intraday institutional distribution. They pop the market up at the open. All of a sudden, they start selling it off slowly throughout the day. Institutional distribution. But this is different. This is within the funds. This is real stuff. This is stuff you could put your finger on. You look at the Qs, you look at the S&P, you look at the Dow, and you look at some of the stocks in these funds. They've already been in a bear market, hence the funds have negative performance, hence institutional distribution has been going on for quite some time. Just a little sidebar, food for thought. Let's stir up the conversation. Let's check out inside the numbers, and this time we're going to work backwards. We're going to start from the end, which is the afternoon thieves. It'll become clear exactly what that means in a few moments. They're going to get to 466, which I've been waiting on since last week. Left off the K, but still last week. And they're going to do it late in the day or too late in the day to affect the trade. Now, here's a quick five-minute chart, and you can see here, let me move this over. The low before the close happened to be 466.14. And then, this is with the aftermarket activity, the low after the close is 465.90. I've been calling for a spike. 
of 466 for days and days and days. The thieves in the afternoon. Now we'll go back to the early thoughts, zero dark 30, it's a happy Thursday, bit of a pullback overnight. They went up overnight, but they also pulled back overnight. They were just hanging around under the big fat round numbers, so there wasn't anything catastrophic, not a federal case. Again, the contract rollover, weird stuff happens, they go up, they go down, maybe that's not weird, it's just an awareness. 470 is still important. If they go back up, the zone around the big fat round number should produce more bull bear battles. The next zone of importance is 467.50 to 468. Back to the five minute chart and you can see 467.50 is now the horizontal line and you can see obviously 458 too, but 457 was support early in the day, slightly below it, and then when they gave it up later in the day, it opened the door for lower stuff, namely 466, but it was too late. By the way, you can see the importance of 467 and a half. Why? Because they tried to rally back up in a rescue operation late in the day, and that's where the rejection came in. Know thy numbers. At zero dark 30, I'm also talking already about 466. I want a spike of 466. That was my spot. But we also knew that things were bunched up around there, 467.50 in that neighborhood. So it was likely they were going to find support in and around that spot. Now, here's something that came out before the opening bell, already at 7.45, putting the hourly chart in perspective. There's a big-time breakup candle. The low is around the moving averages. If they're down there, it's on a spark and a new boogeyman, according to the media. That would be somewhat of a change in character and conversation around the market. However, at present, it's a pullback from the recent rip-your-face-off rally, but within the bullish, flaggish thing going on. No more, no less. So that was the setup. We have to have kind of a big picture in our mind going into the trading day. That was today's big picture. Also at 8.35, long before the opening bell, we've been discussing 466 and a spike of it for days. Today may be the day, so let's get prepared. I didn't know that the thieves in the afternoon were going to come out and do it, but I was prepared anyway. And what was the gatekeeper? 467.50. The number we just looked at where support was. That was the gatekeeper. 921, we're letting them go. Interested in 466. Now they go back and forth for a while. They didn't really do much. They went up, they went down. You can read the notes. I'm going to scroll up. Go back to the charts to double-check the work. Nothing of conviction. I was only interested in 466. Here it is, 956. Haven't lost interest in a spike of 466 if they do it. Now, I want to point out a couple of other things that are important. Here's one of these stocks on the move. We'll circle back to that later. Let me find the one specific thing, and it has to do with what you can do and what you can't do or probably shouldn't do is a better term as it relates to a particular side of the market. So, for example, we know the trend is our friend until all that stuff happens, like she throws your crap out the window. So in an uptrend, it's very difficult to short the market as a general rule. Not to say you can't, not to say you won't be rewarded. It's just not that easy, especially when the volume is very, very light and it's a quiet tape. So here's what I write at 1038. I think this is important. The price I'm interested in would be a spike of 466. Now, I believe they're going down there. And the next question might come in and say, well, why don't you short the market to go down there? Well, I'm not 100% sure they're going down there, but what I am almost sure of 
is if they got down there in the manner in which we prefer, and we know what that looks like from stocks on the move, then I know they're going to have a reaction in the other direction under normal market conditions. They gap below it tomorrow. That's a whole different ballgame. They came into the end of the day. There's nothing you can do about it. But if they did it at 10.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's a whole different ballgame. So what I say is, can a trader short the market to get down there? We're not sure that it will, and short trades in light volume are a form of torture as the market gets rescued along the way down. Here's what we're talking about. Here's a five-minute chart. Market's going down. You think it's going to collapse. Here's a rescue. Market's going down. You think it's going to collapse. A little bit of a rescue. Now the market goes down, and it gets stuck at 467.50. By the time it starts going down, there's not enough time left in the day or on the clock to do anything with because you don't want to get stuck in a trade. At 345 or 355 in the afternoon, I can't tell you if they're going to bounce at 466 the same as I would be confident at 2 in the afternoon or 10 in the morning or anywhere in between. That might not happen 100% of the time, but I'm certainly willing to put my capital up on the board and take the risk. Now, let me scroll up. You can pause the video, read the rest of the notes on the rest of the day, and then what we're going to do is now circle back to take a look at some of the stocks on the move that were on the board bright and early this morning. We had four possibilities. Only one hit its price entry objective, SBLK. Love didn't, FCX didn't, and Win did not. Love came close early in the day. This is the one we want. This is the one that if it came in, the low here was 43.37. We were at 43.10, or I was at 43.10. That's the trade you want. You don't want the creeping one later in the day. You want the one right in the morning with all the volume, all the excitement in the morning. You want to participate in the morning rush. Star bulk carriers, 21.25. Now, they didn't do it in the manner in which I prefer. Here, they made a low of 21.40, and they bounced away, and they really did more than the minimum required base hit, and that's the thing that takes it off the table. They come right back down to it. They came right back down to it. They did the deal anyway, and there were some traders that took this trade. You have to put this in perspective. It's a lower price stock, 21.25. They were at 21.75 in a matter of minutes. 50 cents on a $21 stock is over 2% in minutes on a day trade, a scalp trade. That's a good trade. It's 50 cents on a $20 stock. Put this in perspective. We have traders that would be buying of this. 5,000 shares, 10,000 shares, 7,500 shares, 4,000 shares. That's a nice trade. Not everybody is doing that, and you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, and I'm trying to point out that this type of trade, even though it doesn't look like a lot to the naked eye, that's a moneymaker. Thought I would bring this one up. This was given out to Inside the Numbers Live. This is the live trading room in beta test that's coming out of beta test next week. Now, I gave them two numbers, 39.80 and 39.20. Now, look what happened at 39.80. They bounced away after coming up short, so we wiped it off the table, and that was in the live room. But 39.20 was not wiped off the table. Apples, you gotta like them apples. Now, once again, let me point something out. Here's a 15-minute chart. This was a falling knife, right? No, they were headed to a destination. Think about this. Makes a high. This is a reversal all in today. 45.92 by 9.45 in the morning. Starts to reverse. Now it's down, 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 down. Nobody's buying this. It looks like a falling knife. It's not a falling knife. They're headed to a destination. Pretty sure we've talked about this one before. And here's the other thing. 
there's a gap over here. Why not the gap? Why didn't they bounce at the gap? And how did I know to go lower? That's a secret. Been doing this a long time. Sometimes you just know. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Now it looks like a rejection at those moving averages. We'll call it a fake out having closed above, now immediately giving it up, closing back below, finishing on the lows, pointing right for that gap. Now we could say that the IWM is ahead of the SPY. The SPY is nowhere near their gap on close today, but the IWM is really on the way to the gap already. Look at the difference in the two charts. Here is the same breakup candle from the 7th, the low on the SPY, they have not eclipsed yet. Here, they got through the low today like a hot knife through butter and closed below it, opens the door for the gap. Same conversation in the SPY, but they're already doing the thing in the IWM. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. This is in a downtrend, that's just what it is. In a downtrend, you get into a sell the rip environment versus an uptrend where it's a buy the dip environment. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, but write this down, put it on a sticky note, a number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Let's talk about this one. Everything was down today, but the transports were not. So they didn't necessarily have a big up day, but they weren't down. Now, when we see that, it's called relative strength. What's relative strength? Against other stuff, it was stronger. You have to pay attention to that. That's generally speaking, the market's way of telling you something. It's one of those flares up in the air. So we look at the chart after taking in that concept and we say, well, okay, what are they doing? They're hovering under the 20 period moving average. Okay, that's fair enough. Above those other three, it's not necessarily in terrible shape. But if they haven't been rejected yet by the 20 period moving average, are they then building energy to trade up and through the 20 period moving average. And it leaves me no choice but to look at it that way until something different happens like a failure and getting below the low of the breakup candle that's from the sixth of this month. If they get above the 20 period moving average, what are they doing? They're going to fill the gap. That gap would be at 18,826 and some change. Now we have a tweener, it's a meet me in the middle. We just talked about one that was on one side of the spectrum and another that was on the other side of the spectrum. IWM was already below that candle low. The SPY wasn't really in the vicinity of it yet. And guess what? The Qs are approaching that low. Right here, their low is 392.99. Same rules apply. All the charts pretty much look very similar to the same. Get below that low, it opens the door to the gap. Period, full stop. By the way, what's just below the gap? The 50 period moving average. Would there be garden variety support down there under normal situations? Yes, there would be. Depends on how. Depends on how they did it. A huge gap down is different than if they creep into it. A gap in crap is different than if they eat time off the clock over it all day long. All that stuff matters. What's that 399.80? Well, it serves one purpose. That was my original entry on the original short in the queues for the swing traders. Brought it down to here. Then they popped right back up. And what did we do? We actually did it again. Me personally, I added to the position. Now, I didn't necessarily think they were going to fall out of bed the minute after we shorted the cues, but since they did, some traders ended up taking some profit already. I added to the position yesterday when they went right back up. Why? Because it's overhead resistance. How do you know that? 
because there were two breakdown candle highs up there they ran a test of. That's what they were doing up there, at least on the first run. How do I know that? Because that's the way the market works. How about the financials, the XLF, down eight cents. Can't make a federal case out of it. They're hovering under the 20-period moving average, very similar to the folks down at the transportation department. They haven't filled the gap here, so they're either going to pop back above these moving averages or fill the gap. Once they fill the gap, will they be supported by and stay above the 100-period moving average? We'll find out when they get there. Welcome to Rodeo Smash Mouth. Tremendous update the other day. Yesterday, they were down a touch, but no big deal. Today, they just gave up that same spot we just keep talking about. They're into the 20-period moving average, but having finished on the lows and immediately giving up this breakup candle low, you can't look at that as a positive. It has to be viewed as a negative. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee what happens tomorrow, but that's a negative signal, period, full stop. The door is open to fill the gap. And... If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.